Okay, today for a very special Valentine's Day episode, we are answering a question that has plagued musicians since Roman times. Should you date your bandmate? That's coming up on today's Music Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a mental health and existential podcast for musicians and music fans. Visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events. We have an event on February 8th. If you're listening, as soon as this episode comes out, that's at Cafe Mustache. We're going to feature Walter on our group session. I'm going to interview the whole the whole band. Uh, our friend Leslie Tanner is going to stop by. The band is going to give a live performance. They're amazing. I saw them perform at the Postdoc Festival over the summer and absolutely love them. So I hope you come and check them out and uh, get to know them a little bit more. Okay, here's my here's my call to action moment. Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever listener you like to listen on. And if you have already subscribed, please consider leaving us a rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts just to bump us up a little bit. Okay, so let's get to the question of the day. Should you date your bandmate? Are you considering dating a bandmate? I crowdsourced this question. I got a lot of responses. I got more responses than I could uh, put in this episode without it being hours long. So I wish I could have shared them all, but we selected a few stories that will hopefully guide you through this very important decision. First, I chatted with Steve Malden. He makes music as sofas and he's also a comedian. He's going to tell us a story about the time he dated his drummer. Well, kind of dated. I'll let him tell it. Here is Steve's story. All right. I am here right now with Steve Malden. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are how are you doing? I'm I'm good. Okay, so I I have a question for you. Have you ever dated a bandmate? So, I'm going to I'm going to say the answer is sort of. Um never officially. This is more of like a hookup situation that went a little awry in the okay. end. Okay. So, um, should I just say what happened? Yeah, tell us what happened. So I'm an I'm an okay drummer. Um, I'm not. I've given I I gave up on playing the drums professionally, uh, but for my very first thing that I wanted to do was be a drummer, specifically a jazz drummer. Um, and I like that was when I was like 19, all the way up until I was probably like 23 or four. I played drums because I wanted to. I wanted to be a professional drummer, and I, I took it so far that I even lived in a drum rehearsal space um, for a year. Lived there, didn't have an apartment. I like stayed there illegally, just so and didn't work, and just so I could get up every day and be as loud as I want and practice as much as I want. Um, I know, and also there was financial reasons too. I was like. 20 at the time and um i was didn't have a ton of money so i was like well this will be great you know i can spend 250 dollars a month for my whole rent and then i can play drums all day and that's that's what i did for a whole year i did that um 
that's how dedicated I was. And then I realized later that um, I had an epiphany. Of, I don't know if it's an epiphany, if it's bad, but I had a, an, an aha. Is it an epiphany? Bad? Can it be bad? I had an aha moment that was actually kind of freeing because here's the thing about my drumming. I don't have a good meter, so I speed up and I slow down. Um, usually I would speed the song up. And I just don't have the discipline to be a drummer. I don't have the personality for it. I Wait, wait, what's the personality for being a drummer? Well, a good drummer, you don't need, you're just, you're just carrying the song. You're moving the song. You don't need to like be flashy or throwing in unnecessary fills. And I don't know. I just, I couldn't, in my opinion, the best drummers are just servicing the song. And I just, I don't know, like I'm too much of a show off, I guess, or I need, I need attention or whatever, uh, too much. So I, the aha moment I had was like when I was maybe 24 or 25, I went into guitar center and I'm sure you've been there, that living hell. Um, can you like the, have you ever been in the drum section of guitar center? I probably haven't spent too much time in the drum section, but I know. I mean, there's there's seven people playing drum sets, and there's like an employee just standing behind the desk, like looking up handguns on the computer. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so (laughs) can you imagine? And and they don't have no one is like maybe this is bothersome to the man who has to work here for eight hours, or maybe I should factor in that eight other people are doing this and not do it. But there's something about drummers. I think we're all a little, they're all a little show-offy. So anyway, so I I was like, there was only one person playing Guitar Center. I walked in and I heard this um, incredible groove, you know, like just one of those, it was like a funk groove and it was just so in the pocket. And I went back, I'm like, that's probably Steve Gadd or, you know, some famous drummer who's in town doing a show. And it was like a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> uh-huh. And that was literally the moment when I'm like, I, this is, I'm never going to be as good as I could practice for, you know, 10 hours a day. And this kid is just naturally already like light years beyond my ability. Um, and so I kind of just like stopped. <laughs> I, I owe that kid uh, a lot because <laughs> I was like, well, I, and I literally just like the next day sort of like planned a new course. But when I was still planning to be a drummer, there was a period where I was like, okay, may- there was like a, um, a a process of me eventually stopping. I realized I'm not ever going to probably be a jazz drummer. Okay, fine. I could still be a rock drummer. So for a while, I was just looking up ads in Craigslist and seeing if they needed a drummer and auditioning. And... Lots of bands need a drummer. And again, I was... It's true. Drummers are hard to find. Yeah, totally. Right? Um, You you play in a full band, right? We're looking for a drummer. Are you serious? Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. It's... um, I remember actually one time uh, when I I switched over to playing music and writing songs instead of drumming, um, which I think is something that, that I was ultimately better at and of course i was i'm glad for the training of drumming you know you you learn all kinds of things about rhythm and time signatures and all that you know um 
time signatures. Yeah, like four four. And I guess I know three <laughs> four. <laughs> you know how I play in twelve seven, Jessica. Uh, time signatures. But um, I was playing. I was actually in a band, and I was the singer, and I was writing the songs, and we needed a drummer. Um, and this guy came in, so we're auditioning drummers, and yeah, we just couldn't find anyone. Um, and then this guy comes in and just kills it. He was amazing. He played the songs perfectly. Um, we auditioned like three songs and it was like he, and in my head, I'm going, wow, I knew, I knew this man was out, was out there. And so afterwards I'm like, Hey, that was amazing. He's like, yeah, bro. It was fun. It was fun. And I was like, Oh, that's probably not good. It was fun. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. So like, look, do you want to, do you want to, be in the band and he's like oh no 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 dude definitely not like he just <laughs> and, and we're like he, he's like i mean like no offense but no <laughs> like, he, <laughs> and i was like but you played all the songs so well and he's like in my head he had like listened to the songs that we sent him and figured out every single part but no he was just a good drummer and it was a regular rock song you know and so yeah yeah, I totally feel your pain. It took like a year, but then we, we did eventually find uh, a pretty decent drummer. What would the commitment level be? For a drummer? For your drummer. Like how like how often do you guys practice? And I would love to practice once a week. Once a week? Yeah. Because I, I do know a, a pretty good drummer. Uh, he plays in a band, but you know what? Let's, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so anyway, so the whole drumming thing happened and... Um, when I was like 24, I was just finding bands and going in audition. And I actually got asked to be in like, let's see, maybe I was playing in like three or four bands at one point, just trying to get experience, um, trying to get better playing with people. And one of the bands was me and three women. And it was called Naughty Nurse, which is like such a crint. I mean, <laughs> what do you think of that name? I wonder what kind of music you made. So it was, they, they had like these punky attitudes and it was, mm -hmm. okay. I guess it was sort of trying to be like, fuck you. We're a reverend. Um, we, we're not going to wear your school uniforms or we will, but we'll have like something kind of punk. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that sort of <laughs> Avril Lavigne stuff. Uh huh. But we, I mean, there was one song, the one that they sent when um, I asked about auditioning, they had one song that was halfway decent and then the rest were terrible. So I played with these three women for like, I don't know, we probably only lasted maybe two months. And one of the women, um, the bass player, was so mean. She was one of those people who just has that sort of mean style, you know, like, she would just say mean things. For example, I would play a beat and she'd be like, we, they'd show me a song, I would come up with a beat and she'd be like, can you do something that's like not, I don't want to say bad, but <laughs> that's bad. Like what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> like literally, and I'm, I'm very sensitive about, I get like a little, you know, my lip would quiver. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm also sort of drawn to that energy. I don't know why, you know, it's probably like childhood stuff, but I'm always kind of drawn to that mean energy, um, from a sexual, uh, 
standpoint, which I know is oh, okay. probably messed up. I just like, there's something about being someone being mean that I, it, it's, I just, it's happened to me more than once where I'm like, God, why do I like that? They're being this mean. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> and also I didn't like her personality. I didn't like anything about her. And, and it was very clear that she didn't like me. I mean, that's what it seemed like. Um, because she was never nice and yeah, she didn't really care to ever talk to me or get to know me. So I would literally go over there, we would practice and then I would leave. And I remember I had to, um, either ride my bike or take the bus over there. And I think we played one gig and it was just one of those classic, terrible, like there was, I think like her, her sixth, one of the, uh, bandmates. 60 year old aunt was there with like, you know, and, and that's <laughs> kind of it, <laughs> just an empty venue. And we're playing to no one. Um, so yeah, I think we practiced for two months. We played one show that was bad. And, um, so, okay. Anyway, so we, we would practice like once a week and I would always take the bus or ride my bike home. And then one of the times, like the woman, the mean woman surprised me. And she said, do you want to ride? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'd love a ride. So she gives me a ride. And again, the meanness didn't stop just because she was give, like, it was the same. Um, I think she even said like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just going that way. She's like, don't. She even said like, I'm just <laughs> going that way tonight, but don't get used to like, <laughs> she even offered the ride and somehow made it like kind of mean. <laughs> so we're going, we get there, we get to my apartment um, and we pull up out front and then she's like, I'm, I'm getting out of the car and she's like, Hey, um, do you want me to come up? And I was like, what's this? Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it was so weird it was so surreal. So we're like walking up the steps. I lived on the third floor walking up and I'm like, why is she coming up? And then in my head, I'm like, she has to use the bathroom or, you know, something like that. She didn't say that though. She said, do you want me to come up? So we get upstairs and like, she goes in, I come in behind her and shut the door. And she literally just like came over and started making out. With me. It was the, so strange. Like she was just there. It was incredible. Like our chemistry <laughs> in that regard was, I mean, it was amazing. And I, it was so strange because it was so directly the opposite because it was like this, we're making out and, and it's like a tender thing. And it was so the opposite of how our relationship had been up until that point. And uh -huh. we didn't go even go that far. We made out and like, you know, a, like it was the very like 10th grade hookup. Um, like pants, I don't even think really came off or, or whatever, you know, like, but it was great. It was like just a really, we were connected. It was effortless, you know? Um yeah. And so then she like, <laughs> when she was done, she kind of was like, hey, I'm actually going to get going. Like she was then mean again. She went right back to being mean. <laughs> uh -huh. And was like, I'm going to get going actually. Okay. Uh, see ya. And leaves. And I was like, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. So then we go back to practicing. And, you know, she was the same. It was, it was just the weirdest thing. She like, she, that didn't change our relationship at all. Um, and then the band only lasted for maybe another like three weeks. And I don't even remember. 
I think it was one of those things where I just didn't go over for, I couldn't go once. And then we never followed up with each other again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Just, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever been in a band where you all kind of know that it's not good or. Yeah. Just fades out. It just fades away. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I don't think I'm ever going to see these people again. Um, I was like, well, you know, that, that was like, I got some experience playing with new people, a different style of music than I, than I have ever done. And it was fine. So then like two months later, I get a text out of the blue and it was, you know, back then this was a flip phone era. Like it was just a number and it was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, huh? And I had to say, Oh, I'm a, I'm sorry. I don't know who this is. Uh And then she responded with, I think, I don't even know what her name was. Is that bad? I mean, (laughs) I think it was Margaret though. And she said, like her response was something like, it's Margaret dummy or like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, right. Mean girl. Like mean mean Margaret. Mean Margaret. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, huh, LOL, hi. Uh, I'm not really doing anything. What's up? And she said, I just want to know if you want to come over. And I was like, man. Oh, and I, and I remember the makeout. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And she's like, cool. Um, make, sure, <laughs> make sure you bring beer. And food, if you wanted, I don't have any, or whatever it was. Like, you know, you know like, um, <laughs> she wasn't like, Mikasa, Sukasa. She was like, if you're going to consume anything, you need to bring your own stuff. I mean, Margaret. <laughs> so I go out and get to her house. And um, it was weird. I walked in the, the door and like the energy of her apartment was mean. You know, it's like, <laughs> you could just feel like the colors were kind of harsh and it was really clean, but in kind of a too clean way, you know, it was like angular and sharp and um, there was no like life to it. It felt cold and, and unfeeling. Uh, like Severe. Exactly. Yes. It was man. It was like a manifestation of how she, her personality. So I go in and I just had like another, you know, sort of like to the call back to the drummer kid. Like I had one of those realizations that was like, Oh, I don't want to be here. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm going to like not spend my time with people who aren't nice. And I think, okay, you know what? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. And so I had made that decision, but I knew I wasn't just going to be like, Hey, actually, you know what? I wasn't going to be rude about it, but I was like, all right, I'm going to give this an hour. We're not going to do what I thought we, what I came here to do. I'm just going to sit and chat with her. And then I'm, I'm going to say like, I have, I'm sorry, I got to get going. So we're sitting and talking and, and, and that feeling was just more and more um, confirmed that, or the, that, that, that feeling was right, was more and more confirmed. I was like, yeah, she sucks. Like who cares if we like have makeout chemistry, you know? Um, and after like 30 minutes, she says, Hey, uh, we have to walk my dog. And I'm like, Ugh. are you, uh, you, do you have a dog? No. I don't. Are you a, an, an animal person? I have a cat. You have a cat. Like, yeah. Do you talk about the cat all the time or? No, I don't think so. I hope I, not. This, I don't understand like animal people who, <laughs> I don't think so. I hope not. 
<laughs> David's in the other room. He's like, yeah, you do. Like a lot of my coworkers, they talk about their animals and it's like, or someone, someone just posted, like, I'm so excited to go on this next chap to be starting this next chapter of my life and to have a partner in crime to do it with. And it was a picture of her and her dog. You're like, but that's a dog. That's not, a, that's not a human though. <laughs> so she had that kind of thing for her dog. Uh-huh. It was very much like she would talk about her dog. You know, I remember that the dog was pretty prevalent um, in the conversations and the other women knew to ask about the dog. You know, they're like, how's Patches? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, she's being a bitch today or whatever. And so she's like, we have to walk my dog. And I was like, oh, God. And I, I remember thinking, what if I get outside and just start running? Like, you know, like just get outside and then run and don't say anything. And, and that's the end of it. So I was like, no, 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 whatever. Um, I guess I'm just too good of a guy. Uh, but so we go out and we're, we start walking the dog and I was thinking, I'm like, all right, when we get back, I'm not going to go back into the apartment. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm just like feeling a little, not myself. I'm going to go. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. my voice crack that was my plan so, <laughs> and so i'm like okay how long is a dog walk um 15 20 minutes or whatever and we're walking and i remember she was really going slow and she kept stopping and tending to the needs of the dog you know she'd be like is your collar too dirty or whatever i'm like it's fine it's fine it's just like let's get this over with so we're walking and then we get to like this place where some like where people walk their dogs in that neighborhood and a guy is walking past with his dog and the dog out of nowhere, like a flash, they, the dogs just start go, go at each other. Like, you know, <laughs> but it only lasted like maybe three seconds. And the, the woman is screaming, the guy is like trying to get his dog off and he like pulls his dog off and, and they, they get separated and, you know, they're talking. I think the guy just like left, which I, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do. But I also, I don't know. Like he, he was like, I, they were blaming each other for why it happened. You know, like uh-huh. that was your dog's fault. That was my dog. He's like, whatever. Like, and he walked away. So her dog, she kneels down as, you know, as if it's like her dying son. And <laughs> there was a tiny little bit of like blood from the, from the bite. Like, and, and this is the part where I'm going to, preface and say the dog was fine like (laughs) there wasn't a it wasn't like laying on the ground almost you know at the end of its life it was like fine but there was like a little bit of like a cut from the the thing and so the woman says okay we gotta we gotta um she just assumed that i was gonna do this she's like okay i need i need you to go i need you to call a cab or you know what no you go and she's like giving me tasks to do Cause she wants to take the dog to the vet and um i'm like uh-huh. oh no like i didn't i didn't know what to do i know that going to the vet is going to take sev- a long time right i'm i'm, I'm assuming it's kind of like the emergency room yeah and i'm like i think i mean does it really need to go to the vet and i remember the <laughs> moment that got out of my mouth she let me have it she's like does it need to go to the vet yes of course it needs to go to that like is it and she it was like oh right yeah i um like i want to get out of here and i said i just 
I'm kind of glad that she uh, yelled like that because I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. Like, good luck. I'm sure that, you know, I hope I hope everything's fine. And I just turned around and walked away. And she's like, you're leaving. You're going to leave. <laughs> you're going to leave here, me here with my... And I'm like, what would you have done, Jessica? Like, was I really supposed to go to the... Like, <laughs> was I really supposed to go to... Like, what is the... What's the etiquette there? I mean, if you don't... Yeah, I, you, what do you do? I don't know. I, want, I guess I want to know what the listeners think. The listeners could chime in. Uh, what, what would you do? I mean, she sounds like she was terrible. It sounds like the dog was okay. Oh, yeah. The dog, the dog was not even, like, whining. The dog was just, like panting or like sitting there with like being a dog and there was a little cut on it from the thing and of course you probably do have to go and make sure you know get a shot or whatever but it was in no way like a dire situation um <laughs> but like even if it was like if the dog was dying like, <laughs> i still would have been like oh man oh. no that's not true i probably would have gone but you know, I, I want to, um, something I'm working on is, is being less of a people please or like a, a, a people pleasing, you know, like mm -hmm. trying to, you know, you can't make everyone happy, but I did have, when I saw your prompt and I was like, did I ever have anything like that? No. I mean, we didn't like date or anything. We hooked up and then we were going to hook up again and her dog got bit and I left. Um, <laughs> but I mean, she like, and she texted me. Uh, a scathing text about it. Oh, oh no! Yeah, it was like, you know, in all my years, <laughs> <laughs> I've been with ten other men when my dog's been bit, and they've all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm on a date, my dog gets attacked. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, I bet that dog is like picking up on her. Like there was something off about this. Like. The whole thing was wrong. The apartment had the bad vibe. The dog had the bad vibe. How come some people are just mean like that? I, I, I never really understood. It is a type of person, though, right? They're like mean is their sort of default. Yeah. Like they they say cutting remarks and do do you, do you know what I'm saying? Is this where we would say hurt people hurt people? Do you think that that's true? Do you think yeah? Oh, Maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah. There's probably some, yeah, there's probably something behind it. But it's like sometimes you want to just sit someone down and be like, listen, you come off really terribly. I know you think it's like irreverent and charming, and but you, when you say things like, can you play a beat that's not bad? <laughs> you can deliver <laughs> that same message with these words. Hey, um, I love what you're doing. I don't know if it fits this song. Same message. <laughs> like um and it doesn't make the person so so did this this experience you know did this turn you off from any future uh oh yeah band uh, dating your bandmate is is it a no for you or or where did you land with should you date your bandmate um i think the answer is i think you should date your bandmate it's like i think that's if, if I had been in a separate situation and could share that with like, and I was in a band and I really liked a person in the band, that seemed like it would be a really fun thing to, to share. Um, mm -hmm. Like I know David plays the keyboard, right? Your husband. And mm -hmm. do you and him like, will he play the keyboard and you'll sing, right? Um, or something like that. 
there there were times in an open mic where he would like back me up. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. I think it's really, I would love to share music. Um, I I would, I would totally date a bandmate. It just, there's never been another um, opportunity to. So yeah, I don't know. And I was, the thing is, I was, this has got me thinking about like, I was oddly attracted to that feeling. It's kind of like maybe how, you know, like, in the movies, the girls always want the bad boy who's, you can't reach them, you know, and they're nice one day and mean the next. Yeah. So maybe that's just my, that's, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> maybe I just want a bad boy, I guess. <laughs> because I was, I was into it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's leave it there. Steve, thanks for sharing your story. My pleasure. And uh, I can't wait to listen to all the other stories and, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. That was musician and comedian Steve Malden. Next up, I spoke with Danielle Sines. She leads the band Impulsive Hearts. And this is her story of when she dated a bandmate. Okay, so now I'm with Danielle Sines of Chicago band Impulsive Hearts. And Danielle has an experience dating a bandmate. Danielle, can you share? I do. I have. (laughs) So this was... (laughs) This was a while ago. This was back in college. And I actually, we knew each other even before then because he was in this, he went to the same high school, but he was older than I was. So we went to the same college. And I mean, our relationship was so creatively incestuous that not only were we in a band together, but we had like a t-shirt company that like we designed t-shirts for different local bands together Uh another band like in a it wasn't a band it was a another like whole business so our uh when my husband and I met he was also at Michigan State where I went to school and he thought that we were brother and sister because we hung out so much and we were like doing all the same stuff all the time he was like oh I just thought that that was your brother and I realized that was your boyfriend um so well yeah well let's back up so were you guys doing all of all of these projects before you became romantically involved or how did it it was like unfold it was like we were in a romantic relationship in which we were like okay let's do that oh that sounds fun let's do that oh let's do this like it was cool in that it was super creative and like a good outlet and like had good like synergy and stuff like that but obviously when goes bad it goes ugly so like it's like okay so so romantic relationship first and then you guys are like let's start a t-shirt company let's start a band let's make some music together like wanted like the mates of state like i don't know like low sort of experience i don't know i've since since this i have made very strict rules about like no not only do i not want someone who's a musician at all romantically involved like i just it's like a boundary that i'm just like oh you're in a band cool not uh uh-huh. shut it down no longer interested in that like doing that again yeah it's like a immediate sort of like red flag i guess it sounds like it was full of highs and maybe lows and that you know you're describing the synergy and sounds like at times it was really fun to work together on stuff absolutely yeah it was really it was really cool um the band that we were in was like super collaborative in that like 
everybody sang in a way. So it's like kind of Fleetwood Mackie and that like the drummer would take lead on a song and like, we just kind of like, so that was kind of interesting about it. But this is the part that since you posted this, I was like, oh God, I have to tell this story just to like, like release it out of myself and into the world. We like broke up, but we still had shows that were booked uh-huh. for like two months. And he went on to form another band that like actually got some indie cred and like, you know, I'm sure glad and hindsight that we broke up, but um, like we're playing these shows and the lyrics where I would sing something and like, kind of like anniversary style, he would then sing something. We'd kind of go back and forth and back and forth. But the lyrics were, you are all I had (laughs) breaking up on stage. like sing crying this at each other my cousins were there like in the audience <laughs> and like we're like what the fuck did we just like witness this is like we watched your band break up we also um covered Fleetwood Max the chain because we were like it would be funny right it like it was not we weren't able to like pull it off in like a endearing way it was just like well so when it got bad, it got kind of funny, ugly, but beautiful. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I mean, it sounds like you guys had a good run. So how, how long was the good run? Would you say with these projects? Like probably three years, maybe. That's pretty good. Actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It was all right. Especially for college times. Yeah. Like, Do you have any advice for somebody who's considering dating a bandmate? Any thoughts, advice? I mean, I think, I think. I really do believe that with boundaries and communication, all good things are possible, but I'm also like, I don't know. I, I would feel sad if I couldn't play like a lot of the songs that I've written now again, because they're not wholly mine. So I guess that would be my only like do it, but maybe with like extreme caution and with the idea that you might not, you might lose your creative output in that way. I don't know. Yeah, it's a gamble. It's a little gamble. But it was do it for the memory of like breaking up on stage, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of great. <laughs> Stupid, but wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. Of course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's my opinion. <laughs> okay, that was Danielle Signs of Impulsive Hearts. So, so fans of music therapy, especially those of you who have been to or listened to our group sessions, uh, might be familiar with my esteemed colleague, Leslie Tanner. Leslie is full of great advice. He actually has his own call-in show called Explorations with Leslie Tanner. It's twice a week on Twitch. So I thought he might have some good thoughts on this topic. Here's what he thinks. Leslie Tanner, thank you so much for being with us today. Jessica, it is fantastic to be with you tonight. I, it's it's every every time I get a chance to interact, you're one of my favorite colleagues. Uh, my mind expands, and, <laughs> and I find my life enriched beyond what I could have assumed would be reasonable. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's mutual. I'm so interested to hear what you have to say about our topic today. Okay, um, Leslie, here, here's the question of the day. Should you date your bandmate? You, you posed this question to me a couple of weeks ago, and I've had time to prepare it 
time to meditate, time to dwell on this. And, and that was the first thing I thought was this, this, this must be weighing so heavily on the minds of the, 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 the members of your community who, who, who are in bands. Am I right in assuming that? In bands. Musicians have been in a band, are in a band, or will be in a band playing music of some kind. So one thing I've been thinking about is, wow, that sounds chaotic. The chaos implied in this question cannot be understated. My general advice would be to not have sex with each other. That's normally what I would say. Okay. However, however, I think musicians and artists in general occupy a very particular space in our culture and society. I think it is the responsibility. <laughs> Who am I? I'm just a mental health counselor like you. We're just a couple, a couple of a couple of dummies who, you know, we're doing our best. But within that role that I have, and that we both have, I, what I think is that the artist and the musician have a specific responsibility and role in our culture and society. And that role, that responsibility is to is to deal with reality on its own terms. Now, do we have these labels for reality and for each other? Yes, but are those labels reality? Is it the metaphysical sense of consciousness, being alive, being a person, dealing with other people? No, and that is the artist's role, a sort of spiritual role in that sense. So in that spirit, what I think is, for the question, should bandmates date and have sex with each other? It is their role to deal with the chaos of themselves and each other. And I think absolutely they should be dating one another. That fear that they shouldn't be dating one another, one another is, in fact, the reason they should be dating. The fear. Work into the fear. Make sense of the fear for yourself and share that message. So not only should they be dating one at a time, they should all be dating. They should all kiss each other during, before, and after rehearsals. And find that boundary. I'm not saying don't set a boundary. Find that boundary. But within that boundary, do demonic things. Demonic smooching, petting. And then if it gets to sex, which I hope it does, unless they're cowards, and if it gets to full-on penetrative sexual intercourse, which I think is the responsibility of every musician on earth, if it gets to that, I want to I, I want to read about it in the papers. I want I want it to be something brave, like an astronaut. Um, so that's just <laughs> that's just my two cents. Who am I? I'm just I'm just a guy that's committed to making sense of these sorts of things. Thinking about what you said, I'm curious, you know, do you think that what will be the impact on the, on the band's music or their career? Where do you see that going? Is that, is that, a, is that something that we should talk that they're worried about? You think? Uh, well, you know, I guess, I guess you always, you might jump ahead to how will this go and if we're a band and then, you know, maybe it goes good, great. Maybe it goes bad. What happens to 
What happens to the band? Is it worth the risk? Oh, it's, it, there's only one. I think there's only one answer to that, and it's yes. It's absolutely worth the risk. You should. It, I'm not the first person to say this, but listen, the future does not exist in any way that we can touch, see, sense, feel. Uh, and, and, and all that we have is now. There are no notes in the future. There are notes now. There will be other notes that you must react to. And in that spirit, I think that there's something you, you got to... In the notes that you must play now, you must have sex with your bandmates and then deal with the consequences and allow them to inform your journey. I think to this this business about career, I think um, is, is 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 ultimately an immature artist way of thinking about it. Personally speaking, oh, got it. Personally speaking, I'm <laughs> not an artist though. I'm so bad at art. I'm a very concrete person, so people love to explain stuff all the time to me. <laughs> I, you know, this, I think that this makes a lot of sense. I hope that, uh, I hope that our listeners will take this to heart. Can I, can I ask you a question? What does Jessica think about all this? What, <laughs> well, I am dying to know. What is it that you think about this? Mm, should you- this band me kissing and dating and sitting the, randomization situation. Do you think it's going to improve things for people or do you think people should keep that hush-hush secret on the side? Uh, I think I think you should go for it. Is you're not going to be able to stop thinking about it. And it's not if it's if it's if the spark is there, throw it in the, you spark know. Is there. Light it up. Mhm, light it up. And, and 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 ultimately it's a band, right? I mean, yeah, who cares? It's a band. Who gives a shit? Right, exactly. What's it? Yeah. Should we end there? <laughs> that sounds great to me. Thank you so much, Leslie. Absolutely, Jessica. I, again, I treasure that you that you uh, included me in this. I feel humbled to be a part of be a part of this along with the other uh, speakers. Thank you so much for for being on. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Namaste. To Namaste. You. That was Leslie Tanner. I actually edited some of our conversation down. So if you want the full MA17 rated conversation I had with Leslie, join us on the Music Therapy Patreon and you can watch the full unedited video there. Finally, we have one more story. Let's give a listen to Emily Jane Powers and Alec Harryhausen. So now I am here with Emily Jane Powers and Alec Harryhausen. Emily plays under her own name. Alec plays uh, as Alec Harryhausen, but also plays in a band called Dream Version. And uh, I guess spoiler alert: this is these are two bandmates who are together. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like exactly. But thank you guys first for being on the show. Why don't we start at the beginning? How did you guys meet? Want to take it? Um, Sure. We met at a youth center that was starting a record label in 2000, 2001. Um, So we've known each other for about over 20 years and have been playing music together for about 20 years. Um, Yeah. So I was probably 16 maybe 17 yeah 14 15 um 
and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had this really cool thing in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where um, basically um, this place called the Neutral Zone formed a record label mm -hmm. called Youth Owned Records. And so we were both involved in the launch of that record label. And um, uh, Emily was extremely shy and uh, did not talk to me at all mm -hmm. for quite a while. And then uh, eventually we started playing music together, ju just like like guesting on each yeah. other's stuff. Mostly he had a band called The Misters that I played violin on. So the the collaborative part of our like the, our music was me playing on his stuff. You guys were so, so young yeah. when you met. Yeah, we were. Very. Yeah, so we were just friends and we collaborated every once in a while. And then Emily went to college in Chicago and I went to college in Kalamazoo. And we sort of had an arrangement where we would set up shows for each other once a year. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and you were you were together at this time or... No. Not romantically. No. Musically, always. No. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, it was... Um, I was almost done with college by the time that Emily and I actually started dating. Yeah. And we dated long distance for a little bit. And then I moved to Chicago and there you go. We got married in 2010. Okay. Well, that's the short version, but I kind of want to know a little bit more about uh, <laughs> yeah. what that, I mean, there's just a lot in here. So you were so young and then you, first of all, I also love that there's this youth center that started a record label. That is yeah. very cool. It's very cool. And so you guys are both just naturally attracted to that individually and met that way. And then you were playing mm -hmm. music together through high school, mostly college. A, a little bit in high school, yeah, more college. college. Yeah, and it, and again, it was like I was, you know, recording records, and I would need or want Alec to play bass, and I'd want him to play piano. I'd want him to sing. It was like we just we kept in touch through college playing music, sending tracks to each other, again, trading off shows. It was, that was sort of. Yeah. At one point in college, I even like tried to list Emily as the producer of an album of mine. And she said, no, 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 you can't list me as that. But she had like played that much of a role in like recording and yeah. violin and vocals and mandolin. And I think even some drums. Oh, I record. Are you talking about old brother? Yeah. Yeah. I recorded one of his records. Why yeah. didn't you want producer credit? A lot of it. Yeah, most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now I do, but back then I don't. <laughs> she thought it sounded like crap. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my name on something I thought sounded like crap. I was following your lead on that project, though. Another yeah. funny artifact of that time is there's a song on one of Emily's albums from probably 2005 or so that's like, uh, it's oh. uh, it's like a, a love song that goes across many decades. And we were like not dating and we sang the, the, you know, the, basically the corresponding parts together. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> so, okay. So you guys had a very established musical relationship for years before you started dating. Yes. Yeah. So how did you start dating? How did that come to dating a friend is kind of a leap. There was there was a bit of a risk in it. I mean, because I, I mean, I you've always been <laughs> handsome. So I mean, you know, but yeah, so that part wasn't risky. Yeah, um, that part wasn't risky. I think that when you're really young, you don't really see the risk mm -hmm. and the possibility of losing a friend by starting to date them. 
it was just like, oh, this is this will be like the next fun thing that we do together. Um, so I don't I didn't I don't think I intellectualized the risk taking place. I think we both had a sense of like how chill like we both were and that yeah. it just didn't feel that risky. Um, but uh, we had also for years like we had visited each other and complained about the people that we were dating which is like in some ways like a good template for a relationship because like I think we'd both been kind of sick of the same some of the same kinds of things yeah. um and talked about it like yeah yeah I had at least one girlfriend who was very suspicious of me and Emily <laughs> she does she's, she doesn't want this okay she if she could control the editing of the podcast <laughs> she would edit that statement out <laughs> Uh, I'll make a note to Josh. Um, <laughs> I guess she wasn't wrong. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Well, uh, yeah, I guess not. I didn't do anything. No, no, no. No, she must have sensed the connection. Yeah. So, so at the end of, okay, so let's go back to when you started dating. So Alec, this is when you were finishing up college. Mm -hmm. You actually just wrote an album that referenced some of this time period. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I did. Um, I just finished a record that was like very autobiographical kind of coming of age kind of story that like went through little bits of high school and college and um, and Emily and I's experiences together, mm -hmm. including a little a fair amount about our first couple of years together. Yeah, yeah, I think Emily's probably either overtly or in disguise written quite a bit about our relationship, too. Oh, yeah. It's like some things like I'm not even sure that I am aware of. Oh, so what's that like to be together and you're sort of the inspiration for another person's music or the subject of another person's music? Yeah, I, I think that if I write a song about Alec or about something that we've experienced together, I don't I don't think I really talk. I don't think I've really started explaining what my songs are about until Isometry when I sort of like wrote along sort of like essay with the audience being myself about what the songs are about. And I did share it with the band because I wanted them to have a better perspective of what I was writing about. But I, yeah, I mean, I've written a ton of songs about you and us and stuff that's tangentially gone around us that I don't feel like I've ever had to explain or feel like I, there, there has to be some level of, of privacy. I feel mm -hmm. like, like if you're playing on my record, you're, part of my band like you probably hear me writing the song in the other room like there's some stuff that I don't necessarily want to explicitly talk about if that makes sense yeah as a songwriter my tendency is to want to be very matter of fact and like explicit about things and there was a point um very early in the days of dream version that I had written and we were publicly playing a song that was called Emily Jane. Mm -hmm. And it was not a, a totally glowing song. Like it was kind of about some like frustrations. And um, I think one of my coworkers was at a show and like went up to Emily and said, it's your song. And that was when I was like, okay, no, this can't, this can't continue. So changed the name yeah. for the, for the record and have never used that name again. Mm -hmm. And so I would be much more cautious about that now. But I know a lot of dream, not a lot of dream version songs, but I feel like there's lines in romance that are about me or about us. And like, we've never explicitly talked about it, but 
There's it's, a song on the last dream version record that you say you can't really listen to. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I can't listen to that one. Why is yeah. that? Um, um, cause I know it's about me and it's about, a, a about sort of like, I mean, it's, it's about my anxiety and it's mm -hmm. about, I think the way my interpretation of the song and why it's difficult for me to listen to is because I feel like it's about something that I've struggled with in the way that it's affected our relationship, like the way that it's affected Alec. And that's probably a way for you to process it. Cause mm -hmm. I, you know, when you experience something as an individual in a relationship, it affects the other person as well. Um, I hope it doesn't come off as that it's mostly about my needs and wants. No, no. I think that there's a really like beautiful part at the end that there's like a resolve that mm -hmm. I think is really nice. I think I have, I have trouble listening to it because it takes me back to a, a place that I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think I'm always fearful that I would go back to that. So, so you've encapsulated a time that I've passed personally. Right. But it's, it's, yeah, no, it doesn't come off as you complaining about me or anything like yeah. that. But even if you were doing that, like working out your frustrations through your songwriting, that's also for you to do on your own. You don't mm -hmm. have to explain it to me. It can be as transparent or opaque as you want it to be. I don't know. I feel like you can write about me and I'm okay with that. Yeah, the Emily Jane thing needed to change, but I never, I didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. Well, definitely sounds like there's a healthy respect for each other's songwriting process and the content and letting the other have their space musically. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good that there's a mutual understanding there. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you guys started dating um, end of college and then was there still that geographical distance or did that change? That changed after just like a year. It changed pretty quick. Yeah. I think you moved here in 2008. Yeah. The, the I guess one of the main things that I think started happening around that time was like, I would play on Emily's stuff and she would play on my stuff. Mm -hmm. But still to this day, there is no our stuff. And <laughs> um, I don't, we don't really know when there's going to be an our stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that we're like right on the edge of being able to actually songwrite together. I, I, I think I've said that in the past and then we've tried it and it's been a disaster, but I don't know. I'm feeling really good about stuff. I, I feel optimistic lately too. Yeah. What has been, when you've tried in the past, what has been challenging about it? Um, I think the, the biggest thing is that we, I mean, first of all, I think we've got really strong, um, maybe maybe a bit stubborn like routines and practices about songwriting and ideas of who we are as songwriters and not that we're we can't change but I think that like this is my voice and this is what I do and I we speak different languages in that in the expression of songwriting like Alec is much more analytical intellectual about stuff and I'm much more intuitive, playful, and have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so when we try to sort of bring those things together, I think that Alec wants me, well, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but I kind of get the sense that like, you want me to work on the thing so that I can speak your language. And I want you to release some of your things to be able to just play and let go. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's like, I, we want the other person to speak our own language. And 
I don't, I don't. Yeah. Emily, Emily knows her chords and scales, but she doesn't know the names of those chords and scales. And yeah, um, just, it doesn't, she's very intuitive and I'm like, I have, I think a very formal understanding of what I'm doing musically. And that's like everything to me musically. It's like, I, when I'm listening to something, I'm thinking about like, Oh, interesting that he went from the five to the seven there. Like, that's like, that's what I'm thinking about when I listen to music. And when I listen to music, I think about the way that it makes me feel or like, Oh, this was like, it was a cool thing that someone did. I have no idea what's going on musically. It's yeah. just, it either like makes me feel good, bad, or there's just like, there's a feeling to it and I'm attached to that. And I envy that you can listen to something and hear that. But I think that one of the things that makes Emily strong musically is that I think part of, you know, I've tried so hard to understand music that I'm into. And then I think I end up kind of imitating it. And partially I end up imitating it, I think, because I know how. Yeah. And Emily's always, I think, like there's not really there's nothing imitative about emily's music it's like very um her her mind works very like independently in that way but there have been a couple times like the worst is when anybody asks us to play a cover yeah like we had to collaborate on um playing music for a friend's wedding and i remember there's this fleetwood mac song and like there was a detail that emily wasn't getting and i was like did you even have you ever even heard this song before? That's and actually, that was like <laughs> that, those were the actual words that came out of your mouth. And I was like, I think we need to stop. Today. Yeah, that was the end of practice for that. Day. But but once the emotions were gone, it was really illuminating because you heard something so like we we were hearing things totally differently. I didn't so, get how you could have listened to this Fleetwood Mac <laughs> song and not like <laughs> not like intellectualized how it was working yeah or, no yeah. i just i don't i don't do that i mean that's so cool that you can do that but i just i just don't but i mean when we try to like so those are the types of like differences i think that come out when we mm -hmm. play together i think that what's different now though is that i i feel like i'm so much more confident in those strengths that you've described like i think that i've and thank you for saying that about me that was very sweet mm, yeah, um you're welcome but I think that realizing that that's a strength, not a deficit, makes me feel like, you know what, this is the language that I speak and you don't have to speak it and that's okay. And I'm like, I feel more maybe sure in myself that I feel like we could collaborate and and that I wanna learn more of the way that you think. I think I've always thought like, I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need to know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna do it. You, <laughs> you guys are both band leaders, you have, play the role of band leaders does that ever yeah. clash not at all because it's always clear we're in my oh. sandbox or we're in emily's sandbox yeah like not not even slightly maybe there have been some times where like um you know i play bass in emily's band i guess that's kind of an important detail yeah. um but th there are times when i i step in and sort of sort of theory up EJP band practice, Emily Jane Powers band yeah. practice. And it's good. I love but, it. Yeah. It, as long as it's in Emily's kind of sandbox, I can, yeah, I can still and I, have my own approach. I mean, the times that I've played guitar for dream version, I've loved doing it because it's like, I, I've also loved that because you told me, you've, you've told me exactly what you want. Uh -huh. And then like, it's a, there's a very clear directive and then I can put like a little bit of my flavor on it, but 
I'm just going to do exactly what you told me and I'm going to do a really good job of it. And it's, that's like really fun. And I, I don't, I can be in the passenger seat a little bit on that. So I think that that, yeah, we very much respect that if someone's in charge mm -hmm. of their project, that, that, that they, they do their thing and we just do what the other person says to do. Okay. And I think that that's because that's the way that we started playing music together. Like the first time I played violin, on the Mr. stuff in 2002, I think you wrote those parts and you said, I want you to play these notes. And I said, okay, let's go. Hmm. And I had my own sort of like flair in the way that I played them, but I was given that and that's, I don't know. I, I, I think like that the other thing about being a band leader is you get like decision fatigue, you know, it's it can be like, mm -hmm. it kind of, kind of wear you out to be like managing personalities and musical styles and things like that. So like, to not, again, to not be in the driver's seat is actually kind of fun, I think, probably mm -hmm. for both of us. Sure. Let me let me ask you guys this. Let's let's talk pros and cons of being married to a bandmate. What do you want? Do you want to start with the cons or the pros? Um, doesn't matter to me. We could we could start with the cons. I, I think I just have. Oh, OK, so being married to a bandmate. So I think the main thing that I would say is like going back to that Fleetwood Mac cover situation. Like I would not have had that response to uh -huh. like another friend that I was playing music with. So there's a downside to the comfort and intimacy level where like I felt comfortable being shitty in that conversation. <laughs> right. And for like, the record, Alec is not a shitty husband. <laughs> and, and we, we don't like when we use the word fight, our friends are usually like, oh, my God, that is not this. <laughs> no, you did not have a fight. That is not. Don't use that word. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think I think. Yeah, if I were with any other friend, I would like contain my frustration better mm -hmm. than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Emily and I have a, a like a disagreement about something or we clash about something musically. I say that my only con is that we, I mean, we live together and I, I sometimes feel really self-conscious writing when we're both home. Mm. So, um, the, the physical, uh, proximity in which we live together, um, sometimes can be a bit of a con especially if I'm like writing about them and there's only a wall separating us and I'm trying to be quiet or, you know, I, I haven't written a song about you in a while, but <laughs> um, yeah. Would that be the case if you were living just for your own, if you're in the middle of writing something, would that be the case with any roommate or is it particular to Alec, oh, your spouse? No, it's, I think it's in particular to Alec. I mean, I wrote and recorded many albums when living with 80 <laughs> I mean, I would sit in my bedroom and just record and be loud, I, you know, play drums. I mean, it was like, no. And But she she was a visual artist. I think the fact that Alec is a songwriter, you know, the process of writing a song and having someone possibly be exposed to that really sort of painful, yucky process of you trying to figure out what the song is. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, I probably wouldn't try singing something for the very first time with Emily right in the next room. But I, I don't know if that's really a, a, that's not a marriage thing for me. That's just a general thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many positives. Yeah. It's like, I would like recommend this to other songwriters. <laughs> um, like we, we can just talk about 
like any lull in conversation, we just talk about like what we're working on or like what what we're thinking about or how we're approaching songwriting. Like it's just like all the time we're talking about stuff like that. Uh Yeah. And I really like respect and admire your process. And I feel like I'm always learning from you. And it this is just like a side thing. I also feel like you push me to be a better songwriter because I like I want to surprise you. Yeah. And I want to like I, I want to write something that I think you will think is cool. Yeah. And same here. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think that that's like a, it's a really big, that's a, that's a huge pro. Yeah. yeah. And and we talk about music all the time and we're, I, I hope you feel supported by me and I, I feel incredibly supported by you. Yeah. And we get to have band practice together. It's like every Thursday we get to just like hang out and that's cool. Do what we love to do. Yeah. And we have a lot of like really wonderful shared friendships because of that. Like, yes. you know, our friendships with our bandmates and things like that. Yeah. Um, that we work with together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we just have like so much in common that, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not, it's really almost never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I would say too that playing music together enhances our marriage. Yeah. Like, it's, the marriage makes our music better, but I think that the music also makes us like better problem solvers. We can also give feedback to each other when we're playing music, when one's a band leader and we can take that constructive criticism and not get defensive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has played well in our relationship as well, that there, there are definitely some topics that, you know, we can get defensive on, but we've had the experience through playing music together of giving one another feedback mm-hmm. that, plays well into um, like regular life. Yeah. Do you seek each other's feedback on a, maybe a song that you're working on? Um, I would probably have a pretty full demo of a song before I would share it with Emily. Mm-hmm. And I'm not active in your band. So when you're sharing music and getting feedback, it is typically finished. Like the demo is pretty much finished. Yeah, it's like the the main parts are written. Yeah. I'm doing a company work on your albums as opposed to when I share something with you. Like I I recently, I think when I was writing Cashmere, I, I was sharing it with you and you gave actually, I asked for a suggestion, like how would you structure this differently? It's the first time I feel like I've maybe ever asked you. Yeah. And you you kind of like played with the the garage band file a little bit and you're like i don't know this is like what i think and you opened up like this idea of like oh i could structure it like this and i thought that was cool i don't think that we were songwriting together but mm-hmm. i was asking you for feedback i was asking you for feedback on the um on the structure of the song yeah yeah i think when i if i play like a demo for Emily, usually it's more just like I'm trying to gauge her enthusiasm level. Like, is this is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. Rather than actually like asking for like, you know, what do you think I should do with this bridge or like the dynamics or something like that? Yeah. If you had asked me 10 years ago, okay, if by 2020, by 2023, <laughs> Will you and Emily have collaborated as equals on a record? I would have said, absolutely. Like, yeah, for sure. Sometime in like, you know, we've been married for 12 years. I would have said like, yes, somewhere in those 12 years, we'll make a record together as equals. Um, And it it hasn't happened. 
Um, and there's not necessarily any sign on the horizon that it's happened, but I think in the last like month, maybe we've started having some breakthroughs where we're just kind of like, okay, um, jamming together just for the sake of like, just like playing and, um, sticking to like simple structures. Mm -hmm. And Emily played a lot on my last solo record. And so, you know, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it it might happen in the next five years. Yeah, I want to make a, a better effort to make it happen. Yeah, I think it would be really special, and it'd be really it'd be challenging, but I think it would be a really worthwhile challenge. I, I think the only way that we're going to make it happen and collaborate on it is if we're both just like really, really flexible about it, like go in with very little idea of like what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Have you guys heard of the RPM challenge? Have we talked about that? No. It's a, it's in February and it's an online challenge to the challenge technically is to record an album in one month. Mm -hmm. mm. Just planting the seed. Sounds fun. Yeah. It sounds like my last album just in <laughs> on <laughs> and a little accordion <laughs> too, yeah. too fast, too much. Doesn't leave a lot of room for, lingering on decision making you have to make it and go yeah yeah which is that's a, that's a fun exercise I, I i do enjoy being in that sort of mind space in recent years we've talked with a couple friends about the fantasy of making a crop rock album together and just like basically each each track would just be one chord and so we'd only be playing with rhythms and textures and like i think that that you know mm -hmm. that framework could work well for us oh, that's yeah. so cool let me ask you guys this just listening to you, knowing you, I mean, you guys have a very sweet relationship. You've worked successfully in music individually and together in many ways for a long, long time. Clearly respect each other and have good communication. If someone out there is thinking about, should I date my bandmate? What advice do you have? I mean, I guess what, what you have to be prepared for what? The, the cost of like, if the relationship deteriorates, it could have a negative impact on the music. Or I don't know. Yeah. It, or potentially just break up. Break up the band. Break up the band. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's so much. If you're already successfully playing music together and you're having fun doing it, there's there's just so many benefits in the way that you communicate musically with someone that I do think translate really well to a relationship. And I think that part of that is taking criticism without getting defensive, knowing when to put your ego aside, leaning on the other person's strengths, right? Like being able to really see if you're playing music together, you know what the other person does really well musically. And you can see that and have opportunities to like, you know, if you're in a band, not everyone's playing soloing all at the same time. Like you let someone lead and someone follows and. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if your connection is based on, like trust and understanding and communication, then like go for it. If uh, it's based on something superficial, then no, you're definitely gonna you're definitely gonna mess up the music project. But like, I, it's an experience that I would recommend. <laughs> so you know, if you think that it's coming from a wholesome place, then like go for it. Take a chance. Let's land there. That was that was good. Yeah. Alec and right. Emily, thank you so much <laughs> for your time today and for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank this you. is fun. 
That is Emily Jane Powers and Alec Harryhausen of Dream Version. Ending the episode on a high note, giving us all hope for dating our bandmates and it turning out for the best. So, should you date your bandmate? I hope this episode helped you figure it out. If you want to learn more about any of these musicians or comedians, please visit musictherapypodcast.com for links to everyone's stuff. And happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I always say that some Valentine's Days suck and some are better than others. And I hope this is one of the good ones for you. And if not, there's always next year. Visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events. Music Therapy is hosted by Jessica Risker, produced by Sullivan Davis of Local Universe, and engineered by Joshua Wentz in Chicago. Peace and love till I see you again. Mm-hmm.